Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey guys, Ben Garrett here, and you're tuned in to an all-new edition of Talk of Champions, a baseball field edition of Talk of Champions. Colin Brister is filling in for Bradley Sal, who again is out on assignment. And then today's guest is former Ole Miss shortstop Gray Kessinger, and he's coming up in just a little bit. And you might be wondering, okay, cool, that's great. Why are you talking to me right now? I didn't want there to be any kind of confusion. Full disclosure, we recorded this podcast late Monday afternoon. I scheduled it to go up on Tuesday morning, what I usually do. But then I made a post on the Ole Miss Spirit, the website that I write for, omspirit.com and affiliated 247 Sports, a couple of hours later that said the early rumblings that I'm hearing is that Ole Miss is going to start someone other than Doug Nikhazy on Friday. And that was the initial plan for over a week plus. That's what I heard. That was the initial plan to hold Doug for the higher seed on Saturday. That picture was blurred a little bit because Ole Miss drew Simo, the best four seed in the NCAA tournament, the only four seed with an ace in Dylan Dodd. And we talked to Mike Bianco around noon on Monday, and he was noncommittal about a starter on Friday. So some intrigue. And in this podcast, we talked about that, the decision facing Mike Bianco. And a lot of the conversation centered on what should he do. And something I said was that I would be shocked if it's anybody other than Doug Nikhazy on Friday. Because typically in these type of situations, Mike Bianco has gone with the obvious choice. Think about Auburn in the SEC tournament. He was not going to risk single elimination, so he went with Doug. Same thing when Gunnar Hoagland went down. Who was going to step into the starting rotation? Would they experiment with an opener? No. Derek Diamond would step into the starting rotation, and that's what happened. So same kind of logic here. But then I started to hear some things, and I made that post on the Spirit. And I didn't want anyone that was tuning into this podcast this morning on Tuesday to be confused. I recorded this before I posted that. But a full hour of baseball talk, and now knowing that, you can listen to this carefree on your ride to work, school, wherever, maybe just sitting around at home. I don't know. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, thanks. Now let's get to it. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up!
This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister sitting in for Bradley Sal. Brad's out on assignment again. That's okay. We'll get his reaction in a couple of days. Ole Miss baseball postseason is coming up. Postseason baseball has returned to Oxford in the form of the Oxford Regional. The second in three years. Would have been third in three years if the 2020 season hadn't been wiped out due to COVID. So here we go. Ole Miss's field has been announced. And Colin, it's stout. Yeah, it's pretty good field. Pretty good field. Um, we'll get into this. I could argue that you'd rather have it the way they have it than you know, maybe they had it in 2018 with a, a really good two seed and a bad three seed. Uh, but there are certainly two really good teams that uh, if Ole Miss doesn't play well, can certainly come in and win their regional. We're going to get all into it. But first, real quickly, if you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. I don't care what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also, this podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Doesn't matter. Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, you name it, it's there. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports, where you can get full coverage of Ole Miss baseball and all of your favorite Ole Miss athletics events and teams and recruiting coverage. You name it, it's there at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Did you spend your entire week last week in Hoover? Yeah, uh, so I actually went over Wednesday and watched Wednesday night and stayed until they got put out Saturday. Yeah, I uh, I was there all week, so um, except for, I guess, Tuesday and Sunday. So the biggest takeaway for you was probably the biggest takeaway for everyone, which is yeah. Ole Miss learned that it does have a few more options on the mound than we thought it did. You know, it, it's funny. I, I was in this camp, too, up until probably a week ago. I said, you know, hey, if Ole Miss gets in a regional, they can win it, but they got to go 3-0. and I kind of think they proved that false, right? Like, yeah, obviously you'd love to go 3-0, and stay in the loser's bracket. But didn't they kind of prove that if, you know, crap hits the fan, they can come back through it with the, with the way they pitched last week? I think so. I think so because, first of all, Derek Diamond did everything but win the game against Vanderbilt. Sure. And I think Mike Bianco did it right against Vanderbilt in that walk-off win. I would have kept going with Jack Doherty, too. Taylor Broadway was tender. He wasn't feeling it. You just got to push the options that you got, and he's got very few options in the back end that he trusts. So, yes, go with Jack Doherty. Derek Diamond did everything you wanted to see him do. Drew McDaniel had a career day. Cody Adcock was actually pretty strong, for Christ's sake. And then Tyler Myers, of course, had the best story of the entire week, going seven innings. It was his third start in three years and stuffed it for seven innings to beat Vanderbilt. So everything you could have hoped for could have been possibly asking for out of Ole Miss and its greatest weakness, pitching depth. You got that. So now you turn towards the postseason with Ole Miss now welcoming in to Oxford this weekend, Southern Miss, Florida State, SEMO, Yes, SEMO is the only four seed with a true ace, but even still, there is a decision that Mike Bianco is going to have to make because you now have options to where you don't have to feel like you got to throw Doug. Now, I think he's going to throw Doug, and we'll get into that in a second, but you do have options now, and Brandon Johnson was really good out of the bullpen. Taylor Broadway was Taylor Broadway, and then Jack Doherty was Jack Doherty. So you now know who your guys are, who your dudes are, and you can go into the postseason with established roles established roles that you just didn't necessarily have going into Hoover. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. I mean, you talk about Brandon Johnson. We're talking about a guy that uh, threw in three games over there, and I thought threw really well in all three games. I know the stat line against Auburn's not going to look good, but I thought he got squeezed. I thought the stuff was good considering, you know, what he did against Georgia and what he did against Vanderbilt. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's an extremely encouraging sign. But like you said, they have roles set up. Um, you know, your, your three is going to be Doug McDaisy. 
uh, Derek Diamond, Drew McDaniel. And if you have to get into a fourth game, Tyler Myers will pitch it. I'm a little interested, I guess, to see how they handle Tyler Myers. Do you just hold him out in case you get to the fourth game or how do they, how do they kind of manage that? I think that would be something interesting to follow this weekend, but you're exactly right. I mean, we're talking about a team now that didn't really hit well at all. Uh, it's one of the best offenses in the country and they go to Hoover and just, you know, didn't, they didn't, I'm not, it, it doesn't concern me, but they didn't hit well in Hoover. And uh, you know, so the pitching had to carry them and, and credit they did. Here's the thing I wrote in my story. I think it was on Saturday. I think it was on Saturday about how Ole Miss effectively shored up its greatest weakness, pitching depth, mm-hmm. and to not be concerned offensively because games like Saturday's ha- like Saturday happen. But yet, you're right. If you look at the full week, they did not hit well. They did not play well offensively and still won three games. And I had a lot of reaction on the Ole Miss Spirit message board about, Ben, wait, no, 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 no. You can throw all the season stats out the window. There should be concern about Ole Miss offensively. Do you buy into that? No. Um, look, TJ McCants had a tough week. I think anybody that watched can say can see that. He's been he's been stellar all season. Do I don't I don't think that's gonna bleed into the postseason. Um Hayden Dunhurst, Peyton Chatney had tough weeks. I don't think that's gonna bleed into the postseason. There's enough enough of a track record. If you said there was a concerning one, I I mean I think Kel Baker had a tough week, obviously. Uh, you know, obviously they inserted started Calvin Harris against uh, right-handed pitching last two games. Um, but, you know, I think that would be the the place I'd be a little concerned at as far as getting production out of that spot. But no, I mean, overall, I mean, Justin Bench, your two through five guys had really good weeks. I mean, Justin Bench was good. Uh, Gonzalez was good. Graham was good. And Elko was phenomenal. I mean, so those those four guys were really good. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it sucks that McCants, Dunhurst, and, and Chatney kind of slumped at the same time. But I, I don't think it's a concern going into next or this weekend at all. Do you think we've seen the last of Mike Bianco shuffling his lineup? Because I think this is what his lineup's going to be. Now, we can all say, well, this guy should be here and that guy should be there, and it just doesn't matter. He's made his move. Well, T.J. McCants at leadoff. I don't think that you're necessarily going to see any more changes. So, but Calvin Harris played two games over there in Hoover. Oh, sure, uh, but I'm talking about wholesale changes like moving oh, up T.J. McCants and moving no, no. Jacob Gonzalez to three. I think the core of what he has as a lineup is going um, to be the core moving forward. I think here's what I, yes, I, I completely agree with you. I think he learned a lesson um, in that Georgia game where they kept walking Elko to face Chatney and he put Dunhurst behind him because he knew, Hey, they're not going to walk and face a guy that can run it out of the ballpark. Like, uh, like Dunhurst can. So I, I think you're exactly right. I think the top seven are absolutely settled. I'm interested to see, uh, and we're going to get into SEMO here in a second. I'm interested to see what he do, does with Leatherwood uh, against the left-handed pitching. And I, I would presume Kale Baker is going to start at first base against the left-handed pitcher in SEMO. Um, but I'm interested in that 8-9 spot because, you know, obviously uh, Georgia started a lefty and they played Plumley in right field. We'll get right back to Colin Brister with former Ole Miss shortstop Greg Kessinger coming up here shortly on the Modern Woodman phone line after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless even. 
Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call. 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue. Just past Kroger. Alan Samuels, Christ of Nod, Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. I don't know what you do at first base at this point. And a lot of people said, Ben, where's Trey LaFleur? He's not a part of the team anymore. He's leaving. Oh, wow. Okay. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. I don't even think he traveled. If he did travel to Hoover. He, he did. He uh, Okay, I can tell you this for 100% fact. They have seats for guys that are not on the roster, and he was sitting in one of those. There you go. I think it's pretty obvious at this point. Trey's on his way out. Now, that could completely change, and he could be a part of this, but I've seen this movie too many times, and it feels like – this is following the same path as many other players followed in leaving in a year where they should be playing and aren't playing. If he's not playing for this team with a tremendous need at first base, chances are he's not going to be playing here next year because he's leaving, right? He's leaving. And we've already seen some departures for Ole Miss baseball this year, including a pitcher. So I think Trey LaFleur and being concerned about whether or not he'll be a part of this team, he's not a factor for me. What do you do at first base? I don't think Calvin Harris is necessarily – the answer there. Now, if you All think right. Ben Van Cleve can hit left-handed pitching, which is what Mike believes, and you believe that too, and you and I sure. disagree with Mike about a lot of different things, but you believe that too. If Ben Van Cleve can hit right-handed pitching, can he just not play first base? I don't know. I don't know what you do there, but Kel Baker has struck out, I think at this point, 14 times in his last 21-22 at-bats. I don't want to put myself down for the exact number because, honestly, I lost track after 19 at-bats. So. Sure. I'm guesstimating that. Right. But I just don't know what you do. So uh, against right-handed pitching, I think it's pretty settled. Calvin Harris is going to play first base, right? Um, I think against left-handed pitching, and, and people get frustrated when I say this, but I get it. Kel Baker has not been good. Um, he has a non – he's got a, over a one OPS against left-handed pitching this year. Like, he's probably just going to play him against left-handed pitching and hope he runs into a baseball. Obviously the bats were not good in Hoover. I understand that, but there is enough of a sample size to say, Hey, this, this guy's pretty decent against left-handed pitching. Um, and they obviously think he's the best defensive first baseman on the roster, which I'm not going to get into that, but they obviously do because they're, uh, you know, they're putting him in for a defensive replacement against Vanderbilt. Um, so I think, and I think the answer is pretty simple. Calvin Harris is going to play against uh, right-handed pitching and and Kel Baker is going to play against left. I am the one I'm curious about is what they're going to do with Leatherwood. Obviously he had a tough week. Uh, I don't buy too much into that, but Plumlee did play in the game against Georgia. Uh, He started in the game against Georgia and he started against the game again in the game against Georgia uh, in Hoover. I'm talking about, he started to the one in the series and the one in Hoover. I'm interested to see what they do with Dodd uh, from SEMO the left-handed pitcher with with Plumlee and Leatherwood. That's the one that's interesting to me. I just don't get it. I don't get why there's such a quick hook for Hayden Leatherwood. It's been like this all year, even when he was hitting. There's always been a really quick hook for him, much quicker than anybody else. Kel Baker, Ben Van Cleve, name your guy. Hayden Leatherwood has had the quickest hook of anybody, and I just don't get it. Yeah, he actually hits left-handers from an OPS standpoint better than he does right-handers. Um, so I don't know. I don't get it. Um, there's this belief too. look, I'm not saying he's a good defensive outfielder by any stretch of the imagination, but like, I, I don't, I don't look out there and see butcher in right field. I don't either. And it just makes no sense to me. Kevin Graham's equally, I don't want to say inept, but he's just the same pretty much sure. defensively as Hayden Leatherwood in right field. And yet Hayden Leatherwood 
always gets pulled for a defensive replacement. Cade Sammons or John Rice Plumley doesn't matter. One of them is going out to right field to finish out the game. And it's, very, it's just very bizarre to me. It really is because there's no discernible difference between him and Kevin Graham, and so, yet he gets pulled. And here's the thing, and you, you know this, there aren't any defensive metrics for college baseball. No. Okay, So we do have to go by the eye test. Now, you and I aren't big believers in the eye test, but I think the eye test, Kel Baker passes that defensively at first base. Does he have a sure. lot of range? No. But he's made some pretty spectacular plays over there. He's a little more nimble than I expected. Now, would a guy that is a little more athletic than him um, got a little bit more range of movement than him, make those plays not look so spectacular, make them look a little bit more routine? Possibly. But it's not like John Rice Plumley is any kind of tremendous improvement over Hayden Leatherwood. The only thing he does better than Hayden Leatherwood is running a straight line. So I don't understand the reasoning behind that, but I do find it fascinating and encouraging. If you're an Ole Miss fan out there listening to this, it's encouraging that we just spent the first 10 minutes of an Ole Miss baseball podcast with Greg Kessinger, former Ole Miss shortstop, now with the Astros. Greg Kessinger coming up on the Modern Woman phone line as today's guest. We spent the first 10 minutes talking about the offense and not about the pitchers. And that's an encouraging thing. Sure, sure. sure. The one thing I will say, um, if you're going to do the defensive replacement thing, like when I watch Cade Salmons play right field, I actually see like an elite defender. Maybe I'm wrong. I do too. Um, He just can't hit. Yeah, I don't know about the arm. I haven't really seen it, but I I do see an elite defender, and I'm not exactly sure. Look, this is getting way off into the weeds. not exactly sure when he goes in why he doesn't go to center field, but that's another story for another day. Me either. Me either. Because I would just put TJ McCants at second base or shortstop and put Gonzalez at third. They played Chattanier at third base at one point this year. So you're preaching to the choir. I'm sorry. TJ (laughs) had a very tough week. TJ's my guy. Everybody knows it's this point. I'm like the biggest TJ McCants fanboy there possibly can be. I know you're supposed to be even-handed in this job (laughs) as a journalist. What we do isn't journalism. It's stupid sports. I love TJ McCants. I just love that kid. He had a very tough week in Hoover. And he's still not showing that he's a center fielder, and I just have a fear of that. Even next year in his draft eligible year, he's still going to be in center field for no discernible reason. That's uh, that's going to be something that that's fascinating me going forward is is what they do with that kid because it is a draft year next year. He is a shortstop, and if he hits like this, they're going to put him somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about from an MLB perspective, so I, that's that's one of the more interesting storylines to follow. If it's my guess, he comes to the infield and bench goes back to center field, but I I don't know. My guess is that he plays shortstop and Gonzo plays third. But that's just me probably fantasy projecting that. Because let's be honest, right. when's the last time Mike Bianco moved to shortstop? Sure. Is it just me, or has Gonzo looked a lot better at shortstop as of late? He has, but he'd still look much better at third base. I agree with that. I agree. So, I just, I, I've been, I was kind of critical of his defense the first few SEC series, but the last three weeks or so, he's been pretty good. But obviously where we start with the lead is with Ole Miss's Oxford Regional Field and how Ole Miss matches up. Sure. Our lead story tonight, The Lead. You idiot, it's The Lead. The Lead. The Lead is brought to you by Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. And no background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who's highly self-motivated, someone who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. So, hey, college student, fresh out of college, looking for a job, call Thomas. What are you waiting for? 
For more information, feel free to reach out through Facebook or his number directly at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman bringing us the lead. All right, Colin, so here's the field for Ole Miss in the Oxford Regional. Southern Miss, 37-19, Florida State, 30-22, and and SEMO, 30-20. Now, Southern Miss has an argument to be the top number two seed in the tournament. Florida State has an argument to be the top number three seed in the tournament. And SEMO is the top four seed in the tournament because even if you want to look into the numbers and dive into the numbers and pick them apart, it is the only four seed with a, quote, ace that is now coming to Oxford. So this is a tough, tough draw for Ole Miss matched up. With Arizona. Now, Arizona's got a tough draw because it's got Oklahoma State to get through at home. And Oklahoma State, I think, got to the championship game of the Big 12 or Big 10. So, yes, there is a chance that Ole Miss hosts a regional in Oxford. But it's going to have to get through its own tough regional to get there. First and foremost, your initial impressions of the draw. Um, so when you look at it, right, when, when I got it, when I saw it this morning, the, in totality, you look at it and you say, oh crap. Um, it's a pretty tough regional, especially when, you know, SEMO has, has the ace they have in Dylan Dodd. Um, more I dove into it, Florida state is a pretty good matchup from Ole Miss. You're talking about a team. I've always said this, uh, for the past few weeks, when you talk about, Hey, who do you want in the regional? I want a team that can pitch and can't hit. Um, and that's what Florida state is. They, they can, they can pitch it pretty well. They've got a pretty good uh, Friday guy. Um, they're decent on Saturday and Sunday in, in the rotation, and they're okay in the bullpen. But they have a 720 ACC OPS. We're talking about a team that strikes out a ton now. Um, so is it is it the best field you can ever have? No. But I, I do think, look, Southern Miss was always going to come to Ole Miss. It, that, that was just always something that was going to happen. Why? I do think it because they're less than 400 miles and they can put them on a bus. And if you want to know why they wouldn't go to Mississippi State, because their AD is on the committee. There we go. Okay. Uh, so they, they're, they're always going to Ole Miss. Um, what this does, everybody talks about it's a tough regional. It is. But I'm going to give you what happened in 2018. Uh, when you talk about Tennessee Tech, they played a bad three-seed in Missouri State. Missouri State didn't make them expend anything from a pitching standpoint. Southern Miss is not going to have that luxury. Florida State is going to make them throw their ace. They're going to make them use bullpen arms, and that's a help for Ole Miss. So if you're, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you have a tough two seed, you want a tough three seed as well. That's fair enough. But when you look at SEMO and who Ole Miss will be playing first, talking sure. about having the only ace of any four seed in the tournament, Dylan Dodd is really good. He was the OVC pitcher of the year. He was 9-1, 2.78 ERA, struck out 113 while walking just 14 in 90.2 innings, and SEMA won 30 games for the 14th time in program history. Now, mm-hmm. it brings up the question of, and something that we've raised on this podcast, I'm sure you've talked about on your podcast as well with Brian Scott, Rippy Rippy Writes, do you hold Doug Nikhazy for Saturday? And we asked Mike Bianco, who's your starter? Who are you going to start on Friday? And he didn't know on Monday. He said they'd make a decision Monday night, because that starter has to throw a bullpen on Tuesday. I've been saying for the longest that Mike was going to hold Doug until Saturday. But SEMO changes that because of Dylan Dodd. And I've always said, when in doubt, go with the obvious with Mike Bianco. When Gunnar Hoagland went down, well, who's going to be the second starter? Who's going to go into the rotation? Do you just do an opener? All these different scenarios, these different options that people tried to float. Sure. No, Derek Diamond's going to go into the rotation. When it's an obvious answer, in regards to Mike Bianco, go with the obvious, because that's what he's going with. And I feel like it's obvious that he's going to go with Doug Nikhazy on Friday, even though 
You could argue Derek Diamond, Drew McDaniel, whoever you want to pick of those guys that prove that they can do it and stuff it in Hoover. When it comes down to it, when he needs a win, like he did in the SEC tournament, well, you shouldn't pitch him against Auburn. He did. He needed a win. He was not going to chance a single elimination in Hoover. He pitched Doug. Who do you think he's going to go with? My only counter argument to that is if he's going to go with Doug, if it was 100% Doug, why didn't he just say that? Because this isn't so, – so what people are going to say is, well, he didn't say it when he pitched against Auburn. I think it was pretty obvious what happened was they were trying to see how Doug rebounded after Thursday night. I think that was pretty obvious. Obviously, Doug's going to be ready to go for a regional. So my only my only qualm with that is, why didn't he announce Doug today? I don't know. I think it's because his initial plan was to go with either Derek or Drew on Friday. But then he got SEMO as a four seed, and that sure. changed things. So Mike is nothing if not deliberate, even though he ends up most of the time in the obvious place. So while I agree he could have just come out and said it, I think he's ultimately going to get to that place anyway. That's just the way he is. That's his personality. Sure. And, and so, I, I think it's like this too now. I think we need to give these guys some credit. Derek Diamond, Drew McDaniel, Tyler Myers, even Cody Adcock. When you look at Southern Miss and you look at Florida State, they are no more the bigger challenge than Georgia nothing. or Vanderbilt or anybody that they would have or were matched up against in Hoover. So the idea that they can't beat Southern Miss without Doug, or they can't beat Florida State without Doug, then you don't deserve to advance out of your own regional. Because then you don't have the pitching depth. You're going back to the question we had before Hoover. Either you believe that they improved or you don't. I feel just as confident if Derek Diamond did turn a corner, because Derek Diamond was so good last year. And just this season, in the opening weekend in the college baseball showcase in Arlington, he stuffed it against a team that's a top eight national seed. So the talent has never been in question. It's always been between the ears. And if he did turn a corner against Vanderbilt, then I feel fully confident if he's backed up by guys like Jack Doherty that's got some length to him, maybe a Tyler Myers that's got some length to him, if he's got those guys behind him, he'll be fine. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
let me present this. Um, I, I've said, you know, I, I've said up until this week, Ole Miss has to hold Doug McKay's against the four seed. You can't throw him against the four seed. You can't waste that against the four seed. I think I've talked myself out mm-hmm. of that. I think, I think if I'm Ole Miss, I think after last week, now last week was a big part of this. I think I throw Doug on Friday and I, and I think I win. And because here's what's going to happen, right? Ole Miss is going to throw Doug on Friday. If they do, they're going to win what? Seven, one, six, one or something like that. Doug's going to throw eight innings. Like th- this is a bad SEMO offense. I, I have their numbers against what they did against Arkansas. This is a team that when they went to Arkansas over four games, they hit two eighteen. It had a 614 OPS. I mean, we're, we're talking about a team that's not going to do much offensively, especially against Doug Nikhazy, okay? So Doug's going to dominate. You're going to win a game that I think you probably get out of not using Brandon Johnson, Jack Doherty, or Taylor Broadway. Is that fair? If Doug throws on Friday, you you probably get out of that game not using those three guys, correct? I mean, that's ideal. That's so, ideal. So you don't need a whole lot from Derek Diamond on Saturday at that point, right? If you get out of there and not throwing those three guys, it's like, buddy, I need four innings. And those three guys, they'll lock it down at the end. Um, See, I think he's going to have to use at least one of those guys. Ooh, you think it's that close? What will probably happen, even though Ole Miss is absolutely hammered left-handed pitching, and its best hitters against left-handed pitching are all left-handed. Yes. If it's three to one, if it's two to nothing, if it's four to two, if it's four to one, if you think that Taylor Broadway is not coming out to pitch, you're insane. Okay, my only argument to that would be I if they so I, I understand that if it's three to one, it's four to one. But we're talking about a guy in Dylan Dodd that hasn't thrown more than seven innings this year. It, at some point, did they not get to this bullpen and trash it? My question is, if it's four to two, four to one, yeah. can you resist Taylor Broadway? Knowing no. that you have to go Derek Diamond, Drew McDaniel, and maybe try Tyler Myers first. No, I, I mean, if you tell me, hey, Ole Miss is up four to two in the top of the eighth, uh, I, I go to Taylor Broadway. I, I mean, okay. I do. I absolutely do. And I win the game and I move on. And I hope I hit enough on, on Saturday where Brandon Johnson and Jack Doherty can get me through it from a uh, from a bullpen perspective after Diamond. Um, my my hope is, as an Ole Miss fan is that that they are they don't score four runs on Friday. I mean, look, we had this same conversation, right? In 2018, with uh, Miller Hogan from St. Louis, he's a he was a draft guy. He was an ace, and he came into Oxford and he just got shelled. Um, we're talking we're talking about a guy that in Miller Hogan and for for St. Louis that didn't walk people. He walked people that day. This kid is never going to have pitched in front of 10,000 people that are yelling at him now. Um, I, I just I have a little bit more hope for this Ole Miss offense. I, I I think they can get four off of him, get him out by the sixth. And then, hey, you, you put three on the bullpen and this thing's over. As we're recording this, who knows? Maybe Mike Bianco has already made his decision. So let's play it out, right? Mike sure. Bianco has decided, future podcast listener, that Doug Nikhazy is going on Friday. Your reaction? Uh, I, I'm, I agree with it. Um, I, I wouldn't have said that a week ago, but uh, I, I agree with it. Um, and and yeah, I think, look, Doug Nikhazy is not going to lose to SEMO. Um, so, and I think it gives you your best chance to get through it without using any bullpen arms. So, uh, I'm not saying that if he doesn't, he's wrong. I, I'm just saying if it was me, if it was Colin Brister making the decision, I would throw Doug. The decision has come down. Mike Bianco is not throwing Doug on Friday. Your reaction. <laughs> so I would ask it that question. Who is it? Because I think there's two options that aren't either one bad. Derek. Derek. Um, I would, I would throw Derek against Simo. Um, if I'm not throwing Doug, uh, just because obviously he has a little bit more velo. They've not seen velo like 
like that in the OVC. Uh, um, look, obviously, I think if you're expecting Derek Diamond to go pitch nine innings against SEMO, you're probably being a little unrealistic. So you're probably going to have to use one of those bullpen arms, right? Um, but that gives you look. If so, here here's my thing. If you do hold Doug and Derek Diamond beats SEMO, the regional's over. To me, that that's that's just reality to me because Doug's not losing. Like I, I don't I. Doug losing a baseball game this weekend is not factoring into my mind. Um, so if, if you can get through this four seed without Doug, well, the regional to me at that point is pretty much over. Forgive me. I need a moment. Think about Gunner and Doug this weekend. Well, I, I'm with you, but here's what I'll tell you. Uh, they wouldn't be playing this tough of a regional if they right. still had Gunner. Yeah, so. I agree. They probably win the SEC tournament, let's be honest. <laughs> I don't know. Did the SEC tournament even matter? Did it factor in at well, all? It sure as hell didn't seem like it did. So, well, here's my argument to you. Um, they're the 12 seed, right? What? Let's say they don't go over there and perform. Are they the 14 or the 15 seed and have to go play at Texas or have mm-hmm. to go play Tennessee? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't know that answer, but I mean, God knows you, you would rather go to Tucson than Knoxville. How locked in was Mississippi State to get bounced and run ruled twice and still be the seventh? I have a conspiracy theory, man. I'm for it. Why not? That's what podcasts are for at this point. They knew they had a national seed locked up. They knew. There's no way. Because they were the sixth seed and they went 0-2. Like, it, at that point, that means going into the week, they had to be around the fourth seed, right? Yeah. Weren't I even competitive. Were Weren't even competitive. Run ruled twice now. I just you talk about a Notre Dame team. Look, I get it; they don't have a ton of top twenty-five wins, but RPI is not the the greatest metric of all time this year. Talk about ACC team or a team that won the ACC, which is regarded as one of the best leagues in the country, and you don't give them a national seed. I just kind of think State man knew, hey, we we got this thing locked up. I think I agree with you. I really do. And look, I don't buy any conspiracies too much, but it's really hard. And and the thing is, is baseball, it's been like this with baseball and Mississippi State and Ole Miss and draws for so long that I can't deny it anymore. I'm not saying it's true, but when people go, see, it happened again. At this point, I don't even go, oh, come on. Now it's more like, okay, I, I, I get it. I get it. Let me give you my other conspiracy theory. Paul Maneri retired so they would put LSU in the tournament. Oh, God, I love that. That's good. I like they, that. I'm not saying he retired because I'm saying the timing of his retirement was for them to put LSU in the tournament. It gave them cover to do what they were already going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I think. I, I think that happened. It just feels very skeezy. Does the selection of this tournament very <laughs> much easier. The last time we had this tournament, man, TCU got into the tournament and like had the worst resume of all time. And just so happened the chairman of the committee was in the uh, TCU baseball coaches wedding. Like, come on. Yeah. It just feels skeezy. It really does. Quick hitter things before we jump to Greg Kessinger here. Number one, Southern Miss, the quick sure. hit evaluation of Southern Miss. Because almost didn't play Southern Miss. Usually it does by now. But this year, they didn't play it because of COVID. So, what's the eval? Clearly the uh, second best team in the regional. People are going to do this thing with Florida State. Where they're like, oh, Florida State's really good. No, no, no. Florida State, look, let me tell you this. You want Florida State to win that first game on, on Friday. You don't want, look, Ole Miss can beat Southern Miss, should beat Southern Miss. They're the second best team in this region. They're going to pitch it. They've got five or six dudes that can really swing it. Look, Ole Miss is a better team. That's why they're hosting the regional. That's why they're the 12 seed. I'm just telling you, if you got your, if you got your druthers, you would rather play Florida State because this, this Southern Miss team is, is a team that's got 
pretty good pitching staff. I think if you get past Doug, they might be just as good as Ole Miss from a starting pitching perspective the next three days. Um, we're talking about a guy, Walker Powell, that's really good. Um, I, look, if Ole Miss plays him, I would expect Ole Miss should win the baseball game. But in saying that, I think the easier matchup is Florida State. All right, Florida State, the eval, the breakdown. All right, uh, it's a, I think you would kind of like them. They uh, hit for no average. They strike out a ton, and they hit a ton of home runs. Love them. Um, so, but it was it's resulted in a 720 uh, ACC OPS. So that, that it's not to good. me that yells yeah that that yells to me they can't hit right like that just says hey if, if we make contact we're gonna hit it out of the park. Um, tells me they they can't hit. It reminds me a lot of Alabama. Scares uh, you though against comp. big time velo like Derek or Drew. Well, sure. Drew doesn't have big time. Sure. He's like low to mid nineties, but still, if your fastball is sure. kind of flat, if that's a three true outcome team, that can be scary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think, but you know, in the same breath, I mean, Derek. Yes, he does give up a lot of home runs. He strikes out a lot, of guys too. So um, they're going to, I would think pitch their best guy on Friday. It falls off a little bit after that from a starting pitching perspective. Not great after that. Um, I I think Ole Miss, I'll say this. I think Ole Miss gets Florida State on Saturday night. Uh, I think their Friday guy is good enough to hold Southern Miss down and that Ole Miss is going to beat SEMO. And I think we're going to have SEMO Southern Miss in the loser's bracket. And I think we're going to have Ole Miss, Florida State in the winner's bracket. I think Southern Miss comes back through the loser's bracket because, like I said, they're the second-best team. Um, but I, I do think they're going to have some issues on Friday against Florida State's ace. If Ole Miss gets into the loser's bracket, can he get out of it, really? Uh, so, all right, I, I, I want to – loser's brackets don't all come the same, right? So let's play this out because I think this is important. When do they get into the loser's bracket? Do they lose on Saturday night or do they lose on Friday night? Because if you lose on Friday night – that means you're going to get a game against SEMO without Dylan Dodd. Yeah, they can go back through that because you're going to beat SEMO throwing God knows whoever if they don't have Dylan Dodd. Um, if they lose on Saturday, it gets a little tougher assuming SEMO's been eliminated at that point. Um, can they get through it? Yeah. It's not going to be a fun experience. I mean, you're talking about starting Cody Adcock in a game on Monday mm -hmm. night and, and bringing Doug back in relief. That's what I'm saying. That's why I believe I'll be shocked. I won't say I'll believe it. I'll just be shocked. If Mike doesn't start Doug on Friday for that specific reason, get you out Would, to a one nothing start, get the first one, yeah, be in the winner's bracket and go on from there. Now, yes, it's easier to come back and beat SEMO, but I would much prefer, I'm putting myself in the mind of Mike Bianco. I'd much prefer to be one and oh, have that peace of mind and figure it out from there and trust that what these guys did in Hoover is what they're going to be moving forward. Sure. Now, was that the outlier? Hoover, or was that a trend of what's to come and a peek into the future? Because let's look at next year's rotation here. They need Derek and Drew to be what uh -huh. they were in Hoover. They need that to be the start of what they're going to be next year. Because you and I have been talking about this not on the podcast for a long time. If Derek and Drew aren't two of the three, you're talking about Jackson Job not making it to campus, what, hitting the portal for two or three guys? Yeah, they're hitting the portal. I think they're hitting the portal regardless. But well, yeah. yeah. But you see what I'm saying? You can't build a full rotation in the portal. Sure. You just can't do it. No. And not be the team that you expect to be next year. Because a lot of your offense, if not most of your offense, is coming back. And that offense is not going to have any kind of real drop-off. So if you do no. not have the pitching, my gosh. Because do we really think that Jackson Job's going to make it to camp? No. 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 
He's the top uh, prep arm in baseball at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, I know people are doing the Hoagland thing, and nobody thought he'd make it. I get it, but he's getting drafted higher than Hoagland did. I mean, I think he was projected by Keith Law to go, I think, eighth. He go turned down $5 million. Like, I don't no. see it. <laughs> I know his number's high. I know that, but. Uh, yeah. No, no way. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister on Twitter. You can check him out on Rippy Writes, a podcast with him and Brian Scott Rippy. If you haven't already subscribed, rate review talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. You can check out this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions at Spotify or Stitcher or Amazon Music, SoundCloud, whatever. Just search Talk of Champions. It'll be there. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Thanks again for sitting in, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely, my man. Going to go down to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Gray Kessinger, former Ole Miss shortstop, because postseason baseball is returning to Oxford, Mississippi this weekend for the Oxford Regional. But before we jump to him, let's hear from B&A Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy. Two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Woodman Phone Line to speak to good friend of the pod, former Ole Miss shortstop, now with the Houston Astros organization, it's Greg Kessinger. Hey, buddy, what's up? What's going on, Ben? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? You in uh, Corpus Christi? Is that where you're at now? Yeah, playing ball every day again, and seems like years. It's been fun. Just happy to be playing. And I had not played baseball for a summer. Last year was was not normal. So feels like feels like normal again, and getting a nice routine. And how can you be playing ball every day? I talked to someone from ESPN. Big scout guy, and he said, of all the Ole Miss guys, you're the one that's probably going to have the longest career because 
you can just pretty much do everything above average. So there you go. There it is. I'm good with it. What are you working on? I'm good. Getting comfortable, you know, getting back, you know, with the bats every day. I mean, I'm in double A now, so that's, uh, I mean, you see in arms every day that, you know, are, are either big league ready or they got the tools to be big league ready. So, I mean, just fine-tuning what I do and going to work every day with a good good mindset because, I mean, going so many at-bats and a lot of good arms, I mean, you mentally have to just, you know, every single pitch be ready and have a plan. And, um, you know, everyone's ability is good enough to do it, you know, at this level. So what's going to separate you? And that's how you go about your business and go about your bat. So it's really trying to improve on that and plan a little bit everywhere on defense, second, short, third, playing everywhere. So just trying to perfect that as well and just get better everywhere. Just what does it feel hard. like right now? Does it feel like because you're in double A that it's getting closer? Does it feel that way or does it still feel like the grind? <laughs> no, it's definitely a grind, but, uh, um, we get to face a lot of really good players, a lot of you know top prospects you hear about, and see them, and get to you know put yourself next to them, and be like, all right, you know I, I can play with these guys. So you know, it's a lot of fun, and uh, I'm just excited to see where the season you know goes from here. So if an Ole Miss fan came and watched you play, what's changed about Greg Kessinger out on the ball field? Gained a little bit of weight, so maybe a little bigger. There you go. Uh, that's good. Yeah, so that's that's been good. Helped me. Hopefully get some more doubles and homers. Um, no, but I really, I mean, I guess not a not a whole lot, though. I mean, I've been playing this game a long time, and I am who I am. It's just trying to, you know, perfect that and get even better. Uh, yeah, no, I think it'd be similar player, just hopefully a, bit, a little better. <laughs> Have you watched a lot of Ole Miss baseball? Did you check out many games? Every one I could. What stood out to you? Uh, we go in besides the obvious of Elko hitting home runs with one ACL. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous, okay? I mean, you know what seems like an yeah. eternity ago? The 2019 regional in Oxford, which we're going to get into. And now to think that Tim Elko is the old head here. I mean, he was really good. I think 741 was the batting average in three games when y'all swept the Oxford regional in 2019. And now he's the old guy playing on one leg and still hitting tanks. Man, nothing but respect for that guy. I mean, you have to. I mean, what he's doing is so impressive. And it's bigger than him. You know, it's about the team and it's about Ole Miss baseball. And, and you can tell the way he plays that he wants to do it more than just for him, but for those guys around him. And, and that's what I think what makes it really special. Jacob Gonzalez is playing your old spot. So when you watch him as a shortstop, what impresses you the most about him? Just thinking back to me when I was a freshman and how brutal I was and how hard that jump is from high school to SEC college baseball and how he just made it look easy, man, that's awesome. He's a stud. Um, I feel like his heart rate never goes up. Like he just doesn't matter the moment. What a, he had the double in the SEC tournament, what, a couple of days ago, base loaded just like it was nothing. I mean, he just never gets sped up, and you can just tell he, he's he's meant to be there. He's meant to be in the moment, and, and like clearly he thrives in it. Because, I mean, since since the first game this year, I feel like he's like he's he's been the same player. You know, he's he's never if he's struggled or if he's uh, you know not hit the ball a couple of games. Like the next the next game, he, he has the same approach. He has the same mindset. Like he looks the same every bat. And I think there's a lot of guys in that lineup that do that. Like Dunhurst, that man's trying to hit the ball a million miles every swing, and he may be over four, but that fifth at bat, he's having the same approach. 
and like he's going after. And I think a lot of those guys kind of embrace that from what, what I can tell. And I think that that's a big difference. Cause I know for me, like if I, when I started struggling, I'm maybe just trying to change something or maybe get a better pitch to hit so I could hit harder or whatever. Those guys just have a plan and they're like, Hey, I'm good enough. And they just stick with it. And it doesn't matter the situation that that's what they're, they're going to be who they are. And that they've really like stay true to that. Does it really feel that long ago that you were playing at Ole Miss? <laughs> I was actually talking about that the other day, and yes, it seems forever ago now. I don't know, maybe it was the COVID year, but mm-hmm. man, I miss it. The place is special. Y'all aren't supposed to be old, Gray. <laughs> I was talking to uh, Chandler Taylor, who played at Alabama. He's on my team right now. We were talking about it. We were watching the SC tournament, and we're like, dude, do you remember when we were there and like how fun that was? And like, <laughs> you want to go back? Like, we, man, it, it's crazy to think that. Yeah, we're we're so far removed. You hit a bomb the last time you were in Hoover. Sure did. Yeah, and it was a tank, Georgia. It was a tank. It was off uh, Tony Losey, one of my buddies. He's a good those shutter. They got in a good count, and I was like, you know what? I'm I'm going for one right here. (laughs) Do you remember most every big mammoth home run that you hit? Yeah, for the most part. I didn't hit too. I mean, hit a few of them, but I didn't hit too many. So. I like to remember the big ones. Yeah, that stuff doesn't leave you, though, right? The really memorable moments, they, they don't leave. Like Thomas Dillard, if I called him today and said, Thomas, walk me through the at-bat in the Oxford Regional in 2019 when you hit the slam, he could tell me every single pitch, probably. Right. No, those those moments, they, they stick with you. Just like uh, if you went out and shot a 78 on the golf course tomorrow, you could tell me just about every shot. I will never shoot 78 in golf. <laughs> but if you did, you could break it down for me. You could break it down for me. Yeah, you? yeah, probably, probably. I was really pumped the other day. I went out there and went bogey, par, bogey, and I was like, "Man, I am improving." <laughs> if you're a dude like me, just a normal dude, it can go out there and just play bogey golf and not slow anybody down. That success. You're a good golfer. Yes. I'm yes. with you. I am with you 100. percent God, miss you around here, man. You get it. You could defend me anyway. So the, the Oxford Regional in 2019, like I said, it wasn't that long ago. It's the last time there was postseason baseball. Tough draw, Southern Miss, Florida State, SEMO. When you saw the field, what did you think? Yeah, tough field. Um, but, hey, you're playing at home, playing at Swayze. I mean, you can't ask for more than that. I mean, that's what you, you work so hard for, um, to host a regional. And you just got to come play. I mean... They know they're really good, so just just go prove it. Don't worry about the other regionals, who's where. Just come play your game and and dominate at home. I, I think that that's what you got to think, and that's I, I think they're going to do it. If you could give some advice to Jacob Gonzalez, to TJ McCants, all those guys that are going through it for the first time, because Doug he's been through it. I mean, he's ready to just step in there and shove. So for the guys who haven't been there, don't know this. Derek Diamond's one of them. Drew McDaniel. For those yeah. guys that haven't been through it, if you could give them a piece of advice, what would you tell them? Yeah, I think uh, Coach B actually does a really good job of this, um, kind of talking about postseason ball and how it's different than the regular season and how you can just the feel is different. But the way those guys all play in the SEC tournament, you got to play like that. I mean, it's, it's the same thing when you go home, kind of feel. And I thought all those guys played really well. So, like, hey, just – to those guys like y'all played great in the SEC tournament played hard played confident you know 
that that same feel. You got to just take that and but you're going to be at Swayze on your turf and, and you've got to own that place. And I think, uh, like I said, I think they're going to be ready. I think Coach B does a really good job getting guys ready um, with that mindset. When y'all are getting ready to make a run, because it's three straight years that Ole Miss made the run to the semifinals in the SEC tournament. So now it's a trend. Last time they were in the postseason, swept the regional, then went to the Super. Point being is it seems like lately – Ole Miss is better in the postseason than their past record was. So what has changed, if anything, with Bianco, or just what does he like allows y'all to unlock just this postseason swagger? From, like, my sophomore year to my junior year and the regionals, like, going into our junior year, like, it's a different feeling when you've been in a regional. Like, you you kind of know – hey, this is kind of what it feels like. You know, we had some success in the SC tournament. Like, you know what that feels like. And like you said, Tim Elko on that team in 19, like he can kind of be that guy who, you know, Doug, and you can, you can those guys that have been there and played there, they, they can set the tone for those guys who haven't. So I think that's one thing that kind of can keep that ball rolling. I think what's had a big to do with the success and like the tournament and all that is just, guys have been there and like when you have that experience it gives you that extra confidence that um just lets you play free and and play like you know to the best of your your potential so i think it's really big and i think that's what um has been one of the things that can keep that rolling this is going to be a really stupid question because there is no formula but is there one thing you gotta have (laughs) to make the run you gotta have it all you gotta have the guys that step up because i mean you got you got your starters, you got your lineup, and but I think you could probably look at every team that's ever made a run, and, and it only takes that one guy to step up and and really play well. And I think that it could be anyone, you know, whether that's a reliever that whatever maybe a starter gets in trouble, I mean, a reliever comes in and goes five and saves your bullpen, or you know, a guy maybe hitting the bottom of the order goes a uh, four for four or five RBIs, and you know, whatever it is, I think you just got to have those guys that. Um, want to be in the moment all the way, all the way through. You know, top of the lineup, all your staff, just because you never know who's going to have to to get that hit, make that pitch, and um, I think that's the the formula. Like you just got to play your game and but but be ready for that moment and absolutely attack it because um, you never know who's going to have to make the play. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I. I from what I've seen and been a part of, I think that's the biggest thing is just everyone's got to be ready to go. I know I've talked to you about this before. I don't know if I've done it on the podcast or just shooting the shit. When you think back to it, if I'd have told your class, y'all aren't going to make it to Omaha, what would you have said to me? You you couldn't be any more wrong. I would have said you're crazy. Of course we're going to Omaha. Yeah. And I think uh, you, you could ask anyone, they all would have told you that exact same thing. So which one hurt more? The Tennessee Tech yeah. Day. That's the one that hurt the most, right? Because the Super Regional in Fayetteville, shit happens. But the Tennessee Tech Day, we've talked about how unique that day was. And I cannot remember from my vantage point a day in Ole Sports that I've covered in 13 years where just the mood, it's indescribable to me. I mean, y'all were just desolate. Yeah. No, that Tennessee Tech game, um, we were really good in my junior year. Um, but like my sophomore year, I think you can argue that in the regular season, at least, we were the best team in the country. I mean, 
won that six-year tournament. I mean, that team was special. And I think that's when we lost. Like, that mood was that like, we truly believed we were the very best team in the country. And so, like, when we lost, it was like, well, what, what just happened? Like, so that was, that was, yeah. And I think the what if with that team, all right, so we pulled that one out, had Texas at home. You know, just the what if, what was not able to, couldn't see what happened with that team like we wanted to. Like, junior year, like I said, and I saw that we, we played hard. We had played pretty good. They just, that third game, they, I feel like they just beat us that third game. Um, sucked, but it is what it is. And, um, you know, we, we laid it all out there. I think the Tennessee Tech one just hurts because there was some unfinished business with that team that um, we knew we had something special. There's no way, if that's played on schedule, y'all lose twice to that team. There's no way. I, I agree. I bet that was just one of those days where, it was a hard day. Um, and I th- we, we got a little track. I remember game two, um, talk about stuff that like homers that I remember or whatever. Game two, I guess I had a home run in the fifth, fifth or sixth, and it was nothing to nothing. Um, and at that moment, it was like, all right, you know, I think we, we're going to get it going right here. Maybe put another one on that same inning. Um, and, you know, that's when we thought, all right, we made the – made that turn and then the but the just couldn't keep the momentum going um i mean you have to give credit to to them though some and they came out and, and put two right back on us and had some good at bats but um you know it's one of these couldn't couldn't never get a roll in and that's it's just baseball and it's tough but that's what makes the postseason the postseason gotta if tennessee tech was a tough draw this is a tougher draw. Southern Miss, probably the best two seed. Florida State, probably the best three seed. SEMO is the best four seed and the only four seed really with an ace. So I'm going to ask you something. <laughs> I used to not buy into the conspiracy stuff. But now when somebody says, Ben, Ole Miss gets screwed every year, it seems like around selection time. I can't really argue against it anymore. So now being a former player, and now you can just be a fan and sit back and watch, but your whole family's Ole Miss. What say you? Do you buy it? <laughs> Who knows? I know that, like you said, definitely this year, they, it didn't get any easier than it's been in the past. So, But, hey, if you host a lot of regionals, I guess, you know, they got to do something. You're going to be diplomatic. I'll just say it for you. It's horseshit, <laughs> Gray. Anyway, one of the last questions I'll let you go. I fully believe this, that that team that lost on Bloody Monday was a national championship caliber team. This team has its flaws. But when you watch this team, and you said you've watched every game, when you watch this team, or every game you can, when you watch this team, do you see a national championship contender? Yeah, I think they they have just, I feel like this team is full of just ball players. Like, you can stick them wherever I don't know. The, the way they play, I just feel like they have this, like there's, like I said, there's ball players, some young guys, old guys, but they just love the game, play the game hard. And I don't know. They just, they feed off each other really well. They have a lot of fun together. And I mean, we've seen it. This team this year's had spurts of being really, really good. Um, and if you get hot at the right time and play well, I mean, I think this team, they can pitch it. They score a lot of runs. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like this team's chances. They just got to get it rolling. Was Doug a dog the day he stepped in? Because every time Ole Miss needs a win, Mike turns to Doug. 
How did Doug not win Pitcher of the Year? I don't know. How did Kevin Graham not make all that SEC? Doug won, there are a lot of questions, but talk <laughs> about – I mean, Doug, if there's a big moment, that man Doug is going to step on the mound, he's going to look you in the eye, and he's going to say, hit my stuff, and no one does. And I absolutely love it. And he's done that since the first fall that he got here. He's on the mound. He said, here it is. Try to hit it. And, and it's not it. like his stuff is overwhelming, right? I mean, that's what, I mean, he may not line up a radar gun, but um, he can throw where he wants it. And then he has a banger of the curveball. And he knows how to use it. And he has feel for it. He can land it. He can make a chase. He just, he knows what he's doing on that mound. So when you had him as a freshman, nothing that's come after that has surprised you at all with that guy? No, no, absolutely. Yeah, I thought he would do exactly what he's doing this year. Every time he got on the mound, I thought he gave us a really good shot, just like he's doing. What's the schedule coming up for you, man? Oh, just a lot of games here in Midland, Texas right now. And then I think we go to like Amarillo, back to Corpus, a couple 10-hour bus rides, playing ball. Like I said, nothing else I'd rather be doing, though. I got a question, though. What do you do on a 10-hour bus ride? A lot of cards. <laughs> a lot of cards and trying to sleep. <sighs> but not not much to do. When you're driving through, no offense to the state of Texas, but when you're driving through the state of Texas, there's not a whole lot to look at. It's a lot of empty land. Yeah, so it's not – It's uh, yeah, it feels like a 10-hour bus ride. <laughs> But you've gotten to watch some Ole Miss games, so there you go. He's Greg Kessinger, former Ole Miss shortstop. That's it. Ole Miss baseball this weekend returns in the postseason for the Oxford Regional. Gray's played in the Oxford Regional before, and they swept it the last time Ole Miss held one in 2019. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.